You have entered the 13, a place where real stories about music, touring, and the beyond are told. Music does something to us. We all experience it in our own way. It can affect our senses, transport us through time, and release emotions. On this podcast, we will talk with people about the power of music and the beyond. What does the beyond mean? Let's find out together. Turn on your metronomes because this time is about to be tracked. What is going on, everyone? Welcome to The 13. I'm your host, Ryan 13, and today I'm joined by one of my best friends, Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality. Brandon, welcome. How are you doing? What to do? I'm doing awesome, man. Thank you so much for having me. I love you. Love your show. This is badass. I'm so pumped to be here. Thank you. Dude, thanks for coming on. You're the one who inspired me to do this. So you have to come on. And to probably cap the, you're either capping the the first season or you're starting the second one. I haven't figured it out yet, but we'll figure that out later. I'm cool with either way. Or just split it in half and have this be the first half of the last episode of that season. And then the first half of the Ooh. first episode of the first season. I don't know. However you want to work it, dude. I trust you. I like it. So for the audience, and I also kind of stole this from you. So thank you. For the audience who may or may not, may know you or may not know you tell them a little bit about yourself that's all good i'd uh, have jacked this from other people as well so we just kind of keep passing this around and i love this so I'll, I'll give the actual insight to the audience here on why we have the guests introduce themselves uh and one of my main reasons for it was because bios are outdated a lot of people send me bios that are you know i'm like hey how's your wife and they're like actually i got divorced three years ago i'm like well it says to my like i love my loving wife on your fucking bio here dude so what do you want me to do you know what i mean so it's a better way for folks to introduce themselves uh, because then you get them, you know, and in their own words, it's better than something you could read off a piece of paper, no matter how accurate it is. Right. So I'm all about this action um, to answer your question directly. Then I'm Brandon Thomas. I host a show called Expanding Reality, and um, you can find me at expandingrealitypodcast.com. I know uh, you're an expansive insider. You've been over there on the shows. The bonus shit is amazing. We've got just tons of cool shit going on over there, and it's been a blast. So uh, yeah. that answer the question sufficiently? Sufficiently, I think All so. Right. One of the one well, one thing I want to add is you're also a musician. Oh and, yeah, I forgot. And how oh yeah, I forgot. You know, there's a guitar in the background. I know that guitar. It's a problem. Uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, like we met at a party a long time ago, and we had the same freaking keychain uh, from a small store in like central west texas or well maybe not west but central ish texas and um it was just it was just a small world we met however many years ago 20 years ago and then you were in a band i wanted to be in a band and it all it all came together we've been friends ever since yeah. and you actually had the chance to go you've toured a lot but you toured in china mm -hmm. and like the stories you've told me about that place seems awesome because i've never been that far east and so Tell me a little bit about your journeys over there. Yeah, it was a crazy opportunity. So uh, I knew a guy um, named Jafar and he went over there with a band. And then when he came back, it was just somebody I met working at Guitar Center, uh, just some random you know, dude or whatever. Really nice guy and awesome fucking bass player. And so he went over there with his band. And when he came back, he was like, hey, by the way, I recommended um, you to the promoter over there. And then I got an email like a week and a half, two weeks later. And ended up going to China to freaking play my music, which was insane. Like the whole thing was crazy. I didn't go to a you know country that spoke our language, but just with a slight, slight accent or anything like that. I went all the yeah. way to freaking China, dude. We went all the way over there, other side of the world or other side of the disc, however you want to put it. We can go there sure. if you'd like. But 
Uh, it was wild. It was so wild. The, the whole experience. I mean, it was actually one of my biggest uh, changing turning points in my life was the very first night that I was in China. It was absolutely insane. So I'll just share that story with you. That was one of the biggest uh, eye-opening experiences I've ever had. Uh, so, I mean, like I said, a promoter dude just emailed me. I, I knew a guy that had gone over there already and made it back safe. So I knew he probably wasn't going to take all of my organs, right? Right. And it <laughs> Not was all of them. One, not all. He'd leave me a couple. And so uh, it was one of these things where like our, 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 I kind of had the confidence with that. But really, it was just me and this dude emailing back and forth and translating. Yeah. You know his emails and stuff like that ended up with a tour date uh tours i think it was like 18 18 different cities in 28 days something like that so it was a full wow. month and it was unbelievable started in beijing and then uh but that night in beijing so first of all it i mean i got my shots to go over there because you have to get like meningitis and all this dumb shit. Right, right and so i got those things on the way to the airport to fly out and the flight was like 30 something hours i had two connections and like one God. layover and it was insane. So allegedly you go over the North Pole, which was really cool. Uh, and so I got like on my last flight over there from, I want to say Calgary or Toronto over to Beijing. It was like a 12 hour flight and right in the middle of it. I just feel the effects of the vaccines that I took. And I was just oh, sick no. of the dog. I'm throwing up. I'm just like, I hate this. And then I land. And when I landed, pretty cool. Um, my guide who was supposed to speak perfect English and, um, we, you know, was supposed to just get me around safely, which he did, but the English part was not. I guess the audition for that was, do you know this Bob Marley song? Because yeah. he knew every word to every Bob Marley song ever. And wow. uh, that was another connection point we had, which was really cool. And so uh, it was a lot of just pointing and stuff like that, which was crazy. It actually added to the experience. So sure. when he picked me up from the airport, he didn't write English, just the same as I don't write Mandarin. So he had his friend finger paint on one of those boards, like... um that they do for the movies, you know, they have the stripes on them and they're like, and action. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it was one of those, it's black and I still have it. Um, and he finger painted Brandon Thomas on it and he was just standing oh, cool. out there with it. Like that's my sign that he was picking me up with, right? Yeah. And so he picks me up with this thing. I was like, I'm Brandon Thomas and they call, they call you Thomas over there. So whatever sure. your name is, they call you your last name. Okay. So uh, we, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just getting off this flight. I'm landing. I'm smelling the Asian air here. And I'm just like, wow, this is a totally different experience, you know. And then um, I'm still kind of my stomach's still kind of hurt or whatever from shit, all the vomiting yeah. on the plane and kind of just feeling like shit from the vaccines. So we go outside to hail a, a taxi to go to our to our next destination there. And when we get in the taxi, uh, actually, while we're waiting for the taxi, he opens up a cigarette pack and there's a little joint in there. And he looked at me like I was going to hit him. He was like, are you cool with this? You know, kind of thing. And he just kind of opened it and looked. And I was like, oh, my God. And I gave him a huge fucking hug. We get in the in the taxi. He's sitting in the front. I'm sitting in the back. And he lights this joint up in the taxi. And I'm just like, oh, God, I'm fucking going to you know go to jail right now. Sure. And then he hits it and then passes it back to me. And I, I go you know, but what about the driver? And he goes, he don't know. I was like, what do you mean? He doesn't know. He goes, he don't know. So come to find <laughs> out it is illegal over there, but a lot of people don't know what the fuck you're smoking. Like they don't oh. know. What it is. It's, it was the impression that I got from that. Really? So, Interesting. Yeah. And a lot of them are spliffs. So they're rolling tobacco. Right. Yeah. That's how it was in Europe. Every, like all the Germans that worked for us, Bobo, what's up, Bobo? Uh, all the Germans that worked with us uh, on the King's X European tours, they everything yeah, it was a spliff it had tobacco in it which i didn't mind because i smoked cigarettes at the time but like i don't think i could do it now you know like i just don't think i just i will first of all i can't even smoke weed now because of my current job but that's a different story um but like if if i were to partake 
I just don't think there'd be tobacco in it, you know? <laughs> yeah, you go for the pure stuff. I mean, I'd smoke yeah, yeah. now, but um, no, it's, there's no tobacco in my shit. Um, it, it was just so wild, though, that he was just like, keep them all. And so I'm just sitting here, you know, my heart's pounding because I'm like, great, he's just going to drive us to a police station. I'm just going to get arrested in China and goodbye. Yeah. Uh, so we we get, you know, uh, to where we're going, which um, I had a gig five hours after I landed from this 37 hour oh flight. Oh, my being sick, And then I had a gig booked five hours after I was after I landed. So we went to his friend's house and hung out for a little bit who lived in Beijing. Now, Wu, Wu Fong was not from Beijing at all. It's in the far north. He's in the far south in Wuhan is where he was from. And that's where he took like an insane amount of time to get up to Beijing to come meet me because they just take him by train. They didn't fly. Wuhan. Down. We'll yeah. Get into that. We'll get into we that can. later. Absolutely. We can. Um, and so, the, you know, so we go to this dude's house. We're hanging out or whatever. And then, I mean, I was at a gig. I met the opening band. Uh, they played and then I was on stage. Now, nice. Where the, I guess, interesting part of the story comes in at is, you know, all of that. But but really, whenever I went over there, you know, I borrowed a ton of money to get CDs produced and then shipped over there. So I shipped like four cases of CDs over there. Wow. And to sell, you know, as merch along the route. I was like, hell yeah, I got I got stuff to sell. Uh, that as well as, you know, just the plane tickets, tickets getting there and back, uh, as well as just money, you know, to have over there while you were traveling around and shit. And so I was really looking forward. I borrowed some to get over there. So I was really looking forward to paying all that back. And when I get there, first gig, first night, there was the opening band and like three people there to hear me. And so yeah. actually we made no money whatsoever. And right. I was just like, okay. And I mean, I, you know, we went out and had dinner at the, uh, that night right after the show and all this stuff. And I'm like having a great time and everything was amazing. But I'm sitting here like going, okay, how am I going to? And then I was like, okay, where are my CDs? And they're like, oh, your CDs are in customs. Like you'll never get them out. I was oh, like, shit. okay, cool. So number one, um, we're getting paid fuck all uh, because of the promotions or, you know, whatever in that in that city. This was where my mind was right when I got there. Yeah. Uh, getting paid fuck all. Um, how am I going to repay the people that I got uh, borrowed money to come over here as well as no CD? So now I don't have merch to sell, right? So now it's just me depending on ticket sales to make any money. And then yeah. also, you know, I'd only brought like, I don't know, 50 bucks that we turned into UN, which is great. It was like a lot of money. A dollar of ours is $7.34 of theirs at the time. And yeah. it was like in 2008. And so I was like, okay, well, um, all right. And, you know, so then after all that, we go have dinner, we go get, you know, shit house drunk or whatever. And then we needed to go back to his friend's house to stay for the night before we got on a train to go to our next city tomorrow because we couldn't afford a hotel because the money I was supposed to make at the show was going to pay for a hotel. So it, it was this experience right when I showed up, still kind of buggy from the vaccines and stuff like this. I'm 25 years old. I've never done anything like this. And I was scared out of my mind, absolutely scared out of my mind. And so that night, while they're crammed like three or four to this little twin bed, I'm sleeping on a tile floor, was supposed to be sleeping on a tile floor with a cat with ringworm, freezing cold in northern China. And I was just like, okay. So I go in the bathroom. I'm sick as a dog. I'm puking. And their toilets, by the way, are just holes in the ground. So their toilet right, yeah. drain is their shower. Yep. And so I'm just puking in this fucking thing. I'm looking in the mirror at myself, just tears streaming down my face. I'm shaking. I'm crying. Oh, and I man. just said, dude, go home. I was like, go the fuck home. Get on a plane and fly your ass out. You're already in Beijing. You don't need to finish the tour obviously this is all bullshit you know it was yeah. where my mind was sure and i was like fuck all this i knew no one spoke english like i you know all of that stuff right and so just there was something in me though in that moment in that shaky cry the most scared little boy you've ever seen and it just said one more city just go to the next city like it's four hours away by train if it sucks ass then you can turn around and come back nice. i don't know what that voice was but i'm eternally grateful for it 
because the next city was incredible. And the city after that, incredible. Then I started, you know, getting into all my booked out shows and <clears throat> people just like, Hey, come stay with us and plenty of money everywhere. We, we ran out of money one time in the middle of it. Um, and I had a gig in the next city. We needed to get on a train, but we didn't have any money for the train. So I actually opened my guitar case and start playing in the sub in the train station and yeah. made enough money just barely for us to get two tickets and then something to eat on the train. And so that Dude, got us awesome. to our next city, which then paid for, you know, the rest because I was able to get to the gig. It was crazy. Being like that tight in China was insane. And with a guy that did not speak English. So it was wild. Um, I mean, dude, I can only imagine. The only experience I have with um, having to work with people who don't speak English is, you know, just in my work life. And sometimes when you have to when you have to manage or whatever and nobody can communicate the pointing thing and the miming shit like. <laughs> Yeah. you know like it, it works and it works great we don't do that <laughs> like, yeah. stop no yeah. like stop now right. <laughs> like you yeah. know and it works yeah. it works and they do the same thing to me and a but few. it was i had some of the best conversations with people that we didn't speak a lick of the same yeah language. absolutely yeah, you have the most incredible connection and you know i learned a lot of mandarin when i was over there which is another fun fact there's no such language as chinese chinese is a people just like you, right. you don't speak american you speak english you are american correct right? And yeah, so there they have two main dialects, the northern one and the most predominant because it's their governmental tongue would be Mandarin. And then they have Cantonese in the south. Yep. And they have like 46 different dialects in the mountains and stuff like that. So one of the things was is uh, my guide, I guess, only spoke Mandarin and did not understand okay. much Cantonese at all. So when we would get in a taxi in the south it, where Cantonese is predominantly spoken or especially in the towns where it was, we would get in. The driver would say something to him and what sounded like Mandarin to me, he would say something back in Mandarin and then they would both look at me and I'm like what do you mean he goes I don't know what he's saying I was like what are you talking about dude why would like, I know what he's saying I don't understand him I was like well I don't fucking understand either one of you man we need to get to the show like what are you talking about but it was these moments and they were wonderful Go. yeah I knew Ch uh Jizo is forward which is hilarious okay. yes that is a Jizo yeah and Mandarin like Jizo is forward dude it is for it's forward in a in in American yeah, it's yeah, it's a verb either way. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, and so, yeah, but China was nuts, man. I mean, um, the Chinese mafia. Um, I mean, all kinds of crazy shit. Um, had a uh, threesome with two Italian chicks, and Damn. I mean, it was badass. Like, it was one of the coolest, you know, experiences I've ever had in my life. Yeah, that's super cool. I remember uh, when you came back, how stoked you were about it because you were gone for what felt like forever, and then yeah. when you showed back up, you had all these amazing stories. And like, I had heard the original story of about it like kind of sucking at first or whatever but you played maybe i just again like you said 2008 so maybe i just remember it different but like i, I just remember you playing it off you're like no dude it was amazing like here yeah. take this stuff and you gave me these things that that you would like oh bin lan i think it was something Is this like that seed? yeah it was a seed it's like a tobacco seed yeah it's like a big ass seed it looks kind of like a nectarine seed or something yeah and then there's a and, pit in the middle of it and you yeah eat it. yeah or you or just suck, suck on, on it, it for a while yeah. and it was but it made you kind of crazy or maybe, yeah, or maybe, or maybe it was, yeah, it was so cool. I was like, do you have more of these? You're like, I do. Yeah, I run a, <laughs> a stash back and their cigarettes were awesome. They don't have yeah. like the carcinogens and shit over here. So they're just like, they're just different. I mean, everything yeah. over there was just different and it, but it was so cool. Yeah. You eat That's in some of these alleyways cool. where it's like the, you're, 
you know, leading down this dark alley and you're just like, right, I'm going to get stabbed or whatever. And then there's this pit, you know, with like three chairs around it. And it was one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. It's like insane. I'd stay in an ancient city when we were there um, because the owner of one of the places I was playing at lived there or he had a home there also. And he had like this compound thing set up and it was in this little um, temple in Guiyang, China. And when we should have, I mean, it was gorgeous. And then we go to this, um, this temple, it's this ancient city and you're walking over bridges that are like 2000 years older than our country. And it's wow. like people just, you know, taking shits off the side of them and stuff. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. ornate and all this insane architecture and stuff. It was just, it was mind blowing, man. The whole damn, the whole damn trip was crazy. That's so cool, man. I, I want to go over there. I want to go to China. I really want to go to Japan. I have friends in Japan and I mean, look, and I don't know if this is weird or not, but it's. I, I do want to see the mountains, you know, I do want to see the ocean. I do want to see the culture, but I really want to go get a really good fucking bowl of ramen. <laughs> it's there. It's I absolutely know. there. Yeah. That's, I mean, cause I don't feel like I've ever had ramen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we live here and we have ramen and we have place, even specialty stores that make it, but it's not the same. And it's it could like, be people from Japan or wherever, and they're yeah. coming over here to make it. But even like the water they make it in is still Correct. American water. And so Correct. there's still an element that it's not as authentic. Yeah, yeah. the sugar or whatever it, whatever spices they're putting in is from different places. It's not the same. Like when we go to sushi here, you get wasabi, but it's really just like horseradish with some green shit mixed in it. It's not wasabi. Yeah. It, wasabi is a root in Japan. You know, yeah. like, I don't even know what the real stuff tastes like, but I want, I know it doesn't probably taste like horseradish. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, dude. Okay, cool. So we've, we're covering a little bit of music and on to that effect. Um, you bailed my band out, uh, in Fort Worth in 2010, when we were coming through the promoter, didn't promote the show said they couldn't do it. Old Al Shire called him and said, I don't care. We're playing you you know we need because just like you know we need the money to get to the next show we're playing you signed a contract we're doing this dude was pissed about it but we came and we played anyway and we needed an opening act and you showed up and played to us i was grateful (laughs) it was so much fun and y'all stayed stayed at the house it was badass man dude it was super fun man like oh i forgot about that was that when you were living at your uh at the old house in halton city yeah yeah man your grandma was there still was she I think so. She was still alive. Okay. I think, well, I mean, I'd stayed there when she was still alive. I don't know yeah. if it was that particular night, but she was always so freaking sweet to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. She yeah, was just like welcoming too. Like, welcome come into the house. Do you want food? Like hang out and just like, what's your story? She was so cool. Yeah. She and I are the black sheep. The rest of the family thinks we're absolutely crazy. And well, and when she was alive, every like people really didn't talk to her. I think my mom and her had some, had some tough times and that's fine. Okay. But, uh, they just, they just kind of ignored her and thought she was crazy, but I called Gma all the time. And I was up in Fort Worth living in Houston at the time. I'd yep. go play at that exact place, the Aardvark in Fort Worth. And I would always go stay with her. I'd call her three, four times a week religiously. I mean, um, and that's what brought me back up to North Texas to tie it back into China. I was booked to go on my second tour of China, which was going to be two months this time and like even bigger and better. And like there was this huge demand that China just I was about to be the next Hasselhoff over there to Germany. And it my grandma called me um, one afternoon and just said, hey, I don't know what's going on. Like, I just feel dizzy all the time. I just don't I don't think I can do this anymore. And I was like, "Okay, got it. And I canceled the tour. I uh, threw everything I could in my truck and drove up there and, and lived with her, man. So 
that had, um, that was that was a tricky time. But Jibo and I were like the outcasts, and so I'm grateful that we had each other, and I'm grateful I was able to be with her, and that she didn't feel alone, you know, in her last days there. So yeah, dude, yeah, yeah that's good. That's great. Yeah. I remember that room. There's a room up there that I would stay in when I'd come, or on the couch on the floor when gra- when she was still alive. Like then you had like painted bamboo on the like yeah the that was after way. Yeah. yeah it was after yeah. yeah yeah that was cool man that was a cool it was wild. Place. Mm-hmm. I haven't been to your new place I need to come you need to come it's even better I mean this is the ranch dude we got I know the pond and all that shit yeah I know yeah okay so the uh and I will I need to I just have yeah. to get out of my shell yeah. 2020 um the the pandemic uh broke my brain and so I'm having a hard like. Next week, I'm going, uh, it's Dawn's birthday next week, and we're going to um, spotlight karaoke because she wants to do this karaoke thing with her family and friends and everything. And you'd think that that'd be like, man, this is going to be good. I'm going to get to see everybody. But I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to go out in public. I don't I don't want to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I have to do it for work, and I do it, and I make it happen, and everything's fine. But for some reason, um, my brain's a little, um, like, hey, people are, people are fucky. Don't go outside. Yeah. Are <laughs> we negatively affected by the things outside? I absolutely think you should go outside because vitamin D is incredibly important for you. Grounding is incredibly important. I do that. I do the grounding. I'm in the, the backyard. I, uh, I do the grounding. I there's a certain place out in the backyard I go and take my shoes off and hang out and I have to do it. And like the first time I actually did it, I was uh camping in Fairfield Lake State Park. Took my shoes off because I'd been listening to your show uh listening to it was a female guest i forget her name but she was talking about it and um i was like okay i'm trying this i've heard it before let's do it and i was out there absolutely in a panic just all wrapped up in my brain you know and uh, over nothing over nothing took my shoes off put my feet in the dirt and sat there and just lived in the moment and looked at the trees and everything got crystal clear really fast like within minutes like i mean i had to it's you struggle it's like meditation you know your mind starts you're trying to be present you're trying to be here in the thought and then your mind starts wandering onto work or on other and you bring it back you know and like but so it took a like a minute or two but it wasn't it wasn't like five minutes it was probably like two three minutes and all of a sudden i was like i saw an owl off in the distance on the tree and squirrel over here and I was just paying attention to this and I was just in it and I just started feeling better yeah. and I was like okay this works I don't know why it's working but it's working <laughs> like I'm, I'm gonna do this again <laughs> and then it's I've so been funny. doing it ever since it's it's wonderful and it's so funny that you mentioned meditation because I'm garbage at meditation like sure. sitting there and focus and the traditional ohm and shit that doesn't right. work yeah, yeah. it just right. doesn't I'm very aware of the concepts it's just it's not not for me so I'm a big I'm a big proponent of the walking meditations, you know, and I like, and so I've combined like three different things actually. So one of my meditations is to mow. Uh, and so I call it meditation and I just put headphones okay. in. I've got either frequency music or just something like a podcast or something. And then I'll mow. Yeah. Now it takes about, you know, um, I'm out there for about three hours mowing, sure. just mowing. And it's, you know, I got the zero turn. So it's Cadillac. Yeah. So you're just chilling. I've got, you know, no shirt, no shoes, barely shorts on and just fucking mowing, dude. <laughs> And so that is a very Zen thing for me cool. because I get my mind off of everything and just mow. Now, also though, um, because I know that walking meditations were great for me, I mowed myself while meditating and mowing my meditation. I mowed uh, like a labyrinth back here, and and because we have two acres around the house, we have oh, ten okay. acres for 
the animals out in the field, you know, like the donkeys yeah. and goats and shit. But out here, there's just two acre, uh, and then we have like a pecan orchard back there or whatever. But there's this, this huge area of just grass. And so I mowed the thing instead of mowing it flush like a field, like I used to. I now mow my uh, perimeter. You know, they call it a fire lane, but I just mow the perimeter, a good wide one. And then I went in and mowed like a damn labyrinth. Like you snake all nice. around, you sweep. I'll, I'll see if I can get a drone shot of it for you. And then I'll go barefoot, um, you know, ground and do walking meditation in the labyrinth that I mowed. And so That's it takes awesome. you about a good 45 minutes to get all the way through it. And wow. so, yeah, it's awesome. So you just go back there. It's my second one. Last year, I made a different, um, I guess, design. And this year, I wanted to do a new one. And so we did a new one this year. And it's amazing. So anyway, that combines the two things, right? Grounding and um you know, this nice little stroll and then being out in nature. So I have basically like a place where it's like, okay, once you enter, it's usually about 45 minutes unless you're sprinting it and, right. you know, a round trip. And so you're going to be there for that time. And so you get grounding in, you get a good like mindfulness practice into where, yeah, you just, you know, monitor your thoughts. The, and, uh, uh, I think that's, awesome. I think that's fantastic, dude. Uh, King's X, Doug from King's X, there's a song. I don't even know what the song is, but he says, I take the longest walks. They always do me good. Yeah. And it's in the song. I think it's I pretend blah, blah, blah. Anyway, who cares? But the point of it is I've, when I first met him, that's all he ever did. He'd go take a walk. He put headphones in, take a joint, go for a walk. And Absolutely. he still does that to this day. He's 72. He looks like he's 20, whatever, you know, like there's, there is a thing to this meditation deal, whether it's sitting down and doing the ohm or, or listening to music or fucking just jamming in your car and driving or, or moat. Motation, motivation, motivation. That's fantastic. I love it. I used to mow my parents' property all the time. They had it took like three hours too. You know, it was yeah. a long, a long time. A lot of trees you got to go around. But mm -hmm. so speaking of the design of your um labyrinth, like that's another thing. You're uh, an artist. Where you you do crazy things. Is that the guitar that where you did all the wood burning on it? Yeah, hang on. Go get it. Uh, you all got to see this. Yeah, so look at that stuff. Like it's fantastic. You so you did all of this. I remember like, Yeah, I when carved it with a up. screwdriver. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a screwdriver? Yeah, one of these little um Phillips head screwdrivers uh that you wow. use to like fix your glasses and stuff like that. Yeah. And so um I actually started and this was actually because of a breakup. So I actually yeah. cut this, I want to say it's this this right here. This okay. longer thing i actually just grabbed a screwdriver one day because i was upset and you know who i broke up with by the way yeah i do anyway yep. so it was a it was over a really challenging breakup for me and uh i was at the point where i didn't you know have control of my emotions or anything like that and so i just grabbed the screwdriver because it was there because i had eyeglasses and i was fixing them uh because one of the tiny little screws fell out and you get just like this kit for like three bucks at i don't know cvs yeah. or something oh, yeah. comes with a bunch of them so I was like, uh, fuck, you know, just hurting hard and like writing all these sad songs and shit. So I just picked this damn thing up and just went oh, across the guitar. And then I was like, fuck, yep. I didn't mean to do that. You know, it was like yeah. this outburst. And so what I did was I turned it into this. And I yeah, the whole awesome. reason, it's not like I sat down and was like, oh, I'm going to carve this cool ornate thing. It was like, no, I did a temper tantrum on <laughs> this scratch right here and then turned it into uh, this thing here. And so I this is. It. Um, how it came out and this is just from where from playing you know where your, sure. yep. your fingers sit anyway yeah and it's got a big old crack in it now for me uh using it like a drum while i play you know yeah. what i mean so, oh yeah anyway yeah that was my favorite that was some of my favorite stuff when you figured out how to do that 
Cause there's only a couple of, at, when you were starting to do that, there's only like one or two people that, I mean, I was aware of anyway, that were using it as a drum and playing it in that cool style. Yeah, and and I was like, like the... holy flying fuck yeah. all the tapping stuff. And then, yeah, that was super cool. I learned, I, I tried to force dude. Okay guys. So like Brandon probably doesn't know this and this is not a boost to your ego, but like uh, it might be, but like when I would be watching this dude play and I would go home and it made me practice harder. I was like, okay, nope, I'm not doing this right. I got to figure this out. And I'd sit there and I'd think, I'd be like, all right, what did Brandon do at Mr. Coffee last night or whatever the fuck that the place shit, was called? Open mic, something. Yeah. yeah and, and I was like, all right, so, okay, I'm going to do that. And I'd sit there and fuck with it for hours. It'd be like, uh, fuck, I can't figure it out. And I'd come pick your brain that night because I'd bring 30 stones over, 30 yeah. keystone lights with old. Oh. Salvador Castro, we'd yeah. show up and fucking pick each other's brains about music, and it was so much fun. What a good time. Lots of good memories with you, my good friend. Time. A lot, dude. And we keep making more, which is yeah. amazing. Like, I love this. Like, like, I, like I said on our episode together, I mean, you're the person I've known the longest besides my family. You know what I sure. mean? So it's really, really interesting. And I actually talk to you more than my family, so that's that's wonderful. I think I talk to you more than my family, too, which is it's weird, right? Weird. I mean, yeah. I, I talk to my family. I, You know, my... My whole family has COVID right now. Um, my mother, my my dad, and my brother. They, you know, they all still live in the same house, and they've all got it. It ain't. It's nothing. They're fine. They got a head cold or whatever. But like, you know, they're in their seventies. My parents and I don't know. It's a little sketchy. A little yeah. sketchy. I don't know. I don't know about this whole COVID thing, man. All I know is that when it happened in twenty twenty, and I got really, really, really sick before they had tests. And who knows what it was, but I never got a fever. I just couldn't breathe for like six days. It could have been a chest infection or whatever, but either way, I know when that shit showed up, they fucking brain fucked me from watching the news. I mean, like fucked me, yeah. like walking around in circles, watching the news, watching Dr. Burke and, and, and fucking Fauci and hell Fauci, um, you know, like don't do the Nazi symbol, right? That's not Nazis. <laughs> maybe it Fauci. is yeah. uh, it's fauci um but like the uh the, I, the, that whole thing wasn't i don't know I, maybe nobody knew what to do the cdc who was built to handle these things didn't know what the fuck to do so like is this how this is going to be is this this mind control is this like is was this this experiment with hey we have a, a really infectious disease that's that's or virus that's spreading everyone's probably going to get it let's use this you know or or was it planned did they release it and they're like on purpose like like okay release the virus <laughs> i mean what uh, so are you asking what i think about it i'm asking what you think about it what i think about it is it was a virus of the mind it was a virus of fear mm. and that's what they successfully perpetrated i don't think coronavirus is a thing i think that there are several different types of coronaviruses and even that's kelly true. morris the guy that invented the pcr test will tell you it was never designed to diagnose any infectious current right. infectious disease because you can spin it at any rate so you get any conclusion that you want and what they were doing is doubling the rate of cycles that were recommended by the way and so they doubled the recommended cycles and so what that shows you the pcr test will detect and this is why carrie mola said it should not be used to determine this is because you can detect anybody who's ever had a cold ever it'll show up oh, as a positive wow. it's not a current positive it just says you know what yep you did have it at one time in your life interesting so i i think the really if you're 
since you asked, this is this is my answer. Um, I think it was a um, a fear of the mind kind of a thing, and I, I don't think the it coronavirus worked. is real at all. Well, it worked for some folks, yeah, yeah, it, and it, it worked, worked on a me. big level. Well, uh, but it, but what happened after that? What happened whenever you started looking at it, and you even yourself called it a pandemic? So what yeah. made the leap from oh shit, I'm gonna die from this and all that stuff to it was probably perpetrated or at least to the point to where you could downgrade your fear about it? What was that transition like? Uh, it was it was actually really it, it took a little while because I was surrounding myself with people. I, I like I would go to work wearing a mask at first, right, and like because I was scared and I was like, okay, well I'm wearing a fucking mask and no one at work was wearing a mask. They're like, you know, dude, you're, I, you're weird. I was like, Hey, I like it anyway. You're like, I get to hide. It made me happy. I got to hide in this thing. Yeah. And so I'm wearing the mask and then I, I don't know. I think like I started realizing that people were, that were wearing the masks were getting sick anyway, mm. or what sick anyway, are they getting the coronavirus anyway? I was like, okay, well this doesn't fucking work. And so I'd stop wearing a mask and that was pretty early on. And then, um, I, I don't know. I just like one day through, I think between, it was between late 2020 and mid 2021, something I was like, I, oh, I was riding in a car with two guys. They both got, they both had had it or whatever and they were both they both have had horrible fevers sick as shit they both had the vaccines and were totally fully vaxxed boosters everything and they got sick as fuck and i was in the truck with them it was a tiny like not it wasn't an s10 it was like a ranger or something i'm sitting in the back you know small small truck and i rode around with them that entire week i never got sick nothing ever happened and I was sitting there thinking, okay, well then that's fucky. If they got the vaccines and they're getting sick, didn't the president just tell us that if you get the vaccine, you're not going to get sick? You guaranteed like, it. Yeah. And, and then I was like, he got it allegedly got again it. after right. being double boosted, double vax, all that shit. Yeah. So that's uh, what I, the, the information just coming, just I, that I just started going, yeah, none of this is real. None of this makes sense anyway. That's you know, the one. So, there it is. That yeah. that's that's it right there. And so it's the none of this makes sense. And when it stops making sense is when you stop being susceptible to catching the disease, right? So really, again, in my mind, this isn't a disease like in the traditional sense. And and even my understanding of the traditional senses of viruses changed quite a bit. When you were hearing people talk now about terrain versus uh, germ theory, like that's very interesting to me. Because I find that, um, so, I mean, I guess humble brag here, I was an essential worker, so I was out in the shit. You know, yeah, I was stocking right. grocery stores, I was doing all sorts of shit, um, right. never wore a mask, you know, hated it when I was forced to by my employer, uh, right. which was the only time I did, and it was always quick off. I even bought one of those ones that was mesh. It's a um, yeah. paintball mask, you know, yep. yeah, yeah, because... Yeah, yeah. The back to what you said about not making sense, it didn't make sense to me that you could just wear whatever the fuck you want. All they wanted was you to put something on your face. And so right. this is my first clue that it's not medical. Got it. Okay, cool. Because then you'd have all those videos of those people putting cloth masks or, you know, their Superman yeah. mask and all that shit on and then blowing steam through it or getting a vape and blowing vape through it even N95s and they're blowing vape through it and shit. Yep. And it's like, so how is this protecting? And then they would put like five of them on and still blow vapes and shit. Yeah. And it's so a, like, it's a, the, 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 the fucking virus is smaller than the vapor you're blowing through. So of course it's getting out. You're not doing anything. 
the equivalent of a virus. And, and this is also where a lot of people don't know the difference between a bacteria and virus. And so there'd be like these people at these stores or whatever. And oh, so back to that, I uh, worked the entire time, never got a test ever, never felt sick ever. It just didn't get to me here, meaning that it didn't get to me here. And oh. so I just and, and there are tons of things that we definitely should talk about, about how we felt that it stopped making sense. And mine was very early on. Mine was I, I got about three days into the thing and was like, oh, this is all bullshit. Got it. And oh, I was wow. fine after that. Yeah. And really, the one of the big turning points on that was not only the mask and you can wear anything you want. The news was never telling you because what do they always say? Oh, it's about your health. It's about your health. It's about yeah. Uh, this and now we're gonna send you to five McDonald's commercials. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, dude. dude there's a there's a movie where like, I don't know what the movie was, but there's a thing where the the this person was telling a girl, if somebody comes up to you and says, "Come with me, it's for your safety," that means they're gonna kill you. Yeah, or whatever. Like yeah. this is for, and it's like that's this is what happened. This is the thing. And uh, the other thing was, is no one on the news was talking about if it is for your health. Uh, there were no doctors sitting there, not many, not the ones that got news time that were right. telling you actually vitamin D, a lot of our society is very um, deficient in. Also, you should probably put down the fast food, you know, because your health is really dependent on how much water you drink, your, your yeah. disposition, you know, all that stuff, which again, leads more to uh, terrain theory. So terrain just means that you, you have you have something going on in you and you can't be interfered with that from anything coming outside. Now, this is how I personally kind of navigate my life anyway. People's things and attitudes and opinions and whatever don't affect my disposition. They just don't. And so if you're able to have that kind of constitution, then of course you would have a constitution barrier around being sick, uh, being around sick people and not getting actually sick. You have right. to subscribe to the idea for it to affect you. One of the other things on this was, I mean, not only uh, they just real quick, the governors that would came came out and this was the either three days later, or whatever. This was my big clue. All the governors started coming out from all these major cities and saying, oh, we have 33 reported cases. And then over here in New York, 33 reported cases. And then over here in California, 33 reported cases. So it's like whenever they got up on stage and somebody actually put these together and there's a whole montage of whenever governors first reported any hospitalizations due to this new coronavirus or this narrative, whatever it is, every single one, it was 33 cases. Interesting. Now, in my mind, this throws a big red flag because 33 is of course Masonic. And so in my mind, this was them telling the world, all these respective governors that, yep, we're playing the ball. Yep. It's go time. Yep. We're playing the game. It's now time. Because they kept wow. signaling to their cohorts that, yes, roll this out, enact your plan, because 33 confirmed cases. So whenever they sit there and do that, number one, the odds of that, right? Ridiculous. Right. If you have it twice, that's ridiculous. And if you have it in a city, you know, a population as New York, and then you also had it in fucking Jackson, Mississippi, 33 cases, 33 cases, really? I mean, that's the, they're exactly the same, even with these disparate population levels. So anyway, that was my first clue. And I know this is going to be very controversial. I know people have lost family members to what doctors I, I told them was coronavirus, right? Yeah, I, I've, my, my grandma lived to 99. So here, oh, this was another one of the things that turned things into something weird. Grandma lived in a nursing home. She, um, 99 years old, you know, had congestive heart failure, all that, all the stuff that you get when you live to be 99. Fucking 99, and, yeah. Yeah. And like eat our 99. food and breathe our air and drink our water. Yeah. Dude, 99 is max level in Diablo 2, just saying. Yeah, like, yeah. like, you know, so she made it to 99, uh, left the window open because she would sleep with the window open sometimes and a cold front came through. Well, what happens when you're older? You leave the freaking window open and the temperature drops to fucking, you know, 20 degrees overnight. You get sick. Yeah. And 
so she got sick. She goes to the hospital. Uh, and she then all of a sudden she has coronavirus, but she's in a in a nursing home that was like trading out nurses every few weeks. Like they ca- ah. the nurses came in and lived there or whatever, or something like that. They were, you know, quarantined. They didn't see anyone. And she only ever saw a nurse and the everything, whatever. So she got fucking pneumonia or something. And then they were like coronavirus. And I was like, wow, everything. Cause people were dying on motorcycle and motorcycle accidents. And they're like, Perfect yeah, example. coronavirus. Perfect and example. I was like, Oh, and it, and then it happened to us, like, or at least it felt that way. And I was like, something is fucky. It's fuckery. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course they're all incentivized by uh, monetary gains to actually misreport. And there were family Uh members that called and said, take that off of the death record. He died in a plane crash and you wrote coronavirus. So your hospital would get 60 grand. And they were like, no, we're not, you know, that's, that's what he died of. It's not the sudden impact from the plane crash. It was because he had Corona. Right. And so it's again, fuckery. And so this is where like the idea started to separate for me. And I started to watch the whole world, this 80% herd just kind of march to that, you know, Pied Piper's fiddle there. And I was just like, okay, got it. This is where we are. Now, the good news is that, and I mean, I'm a boundless optimist anyway, is that when you step out a level, you know, I view things from multiple perceptions. And that's what we talk about a lot on the show. I've known, I've ran you down those rabbit holes, but when you step out of that and you kind of look at it, then you're like, oh, okay, this is all for our own good. Because how I look at it now is that that, you know, lockdown time period, it forced a lot of people to really take good, hard looks at themselves and to really sit there and say, you know, are my belief systems the way I really believed? Am I really that dependent on alcohol that I can't just stop drinking? Am I wanting to just continue to make these decisions that keep my life where it is? Or is now maybe an opportunity for me to take a little bit of self-reflection and what we call it, you know, in a lot of the circles, some of the speak is, is shadow work. And so whenever you really go down to those parts that you normally suppress with all the things that society tells you, you should be uh, using to suppress those again, alcohol, narcotics, anything like that. And I have no problem with any of it. Like I don't, I stopped drinking uh, mid 2020, but that was for my own thing. Uh, And I have no desire whatsoever, no desire. But then you, thank you. And then you have all these people though, that uh, really went inside themselves. And so this is also where you're seeing a lot more people right now talking about the chakras and meditation and crystals and aliens. And they're, they're not, you know, tuned into the narrative as much. Now you still have that sect of the population that is going to absolutely follow that because that's their role their role in our great understanding or the dichotomy of this place, however you want to put it, that's their job is to go, I'm going to be this. And then you look at it through your eyes and you either align with that or you don't. And these are what we call choice points. And so there was a huge choice point, choice points that happened in 2020 that it said, okay, well, here's some information you're being presented with. You can't be the same afterwards. So which path would you like to take? It's the red pill, blue pill moment. It's the, uh, the, what were those books that we read when we were a kid that choose your own, choose adventure. Your own adventure? Yeah. I think that's what life is anyway, but absolutely yeah. it's a choose your own adventure because then it was like, okay, do you want to, you know, wear the mask and have the vax and, and do all these things and then be scared of everyone and then say, well, and then not even look at it as maybe, you know, this whole system in place here is detaching me from others and isolating me when really we should be coming together and more than now, more than ever. And what it did, unfortunately, for a lot of folks was it made them fear their other man, because what the narrative was, was, oh, you can give it to grandma and you can kill her. And right. Like, I don't want to kill my grandma. Nobody does. Yeah. I 100% had I had Thanksgiving outside on my mom and dad. I don't know if it was that 
I don't know if we missed the first one or what, but my mom was like against the whole thing. She's like, this mm. is like, you we're having Thanksgiving. And, but the whole family was like, I don't know. And so I went to my mom and dad's house, me and Dawn and, and, but we did it outside. And I, I think it's even on YouTube, like I videotaped it. Like we went, we had, had outside Thanksgiving because we were like legitimately terrified. Yeah. A lot of people were, man. Like, again, this was, this was designed and executed perfectly. I I think it worked perfectly because it either scared the shit out of you, which it should have done, uh, or it scared the shit out of you and woke you up. One of the two. And so it did a little bit of both for me. And that's why I asked what your interaction was between when you thought it was real to when you kind of said, oh, I don't really take this as serious. Yeah. And think of the person you are now because of having gone through that experience. Sure. Totally different. Like yeah. there's just been gang, I mean, just leaps and gangs of people who are just totally on new paths in life. People I talk to all the time on the show that I've gotten to bring on um, people that have written just fucking incredible books like this. Mark Ollie. Yeah, we're going to hang was, out with him. On your absolutely, show. we are. And then same thing with uh, Ryan Musgrave Evans. He's incredible. These two books wouldn't have come about without nice. the pandemic. Yeah. And I talked to these guys and they're like, you know, I've had this idea for a book for a long time. And then, you know, when the shutdown happened, I finally wrote it. And now they're like touring around with their book. Now they're like best-selling authors. Now they're doing this stuff where before yeah. they would have just worked their job, watched the Real Housewives of whatever, drank their six pack and then just kept it going. But now what they've done is they've been presented with, again, this choice points. It's an opportunity. And I think a lot of people, you know, thank God, um, most of us, I'd say anyone outside of the 80% herd, you know, um, we, we have, you've got a certain amount of fear because that's based in your ego. Like you need that. Like I think the human, human beings are born with two fears innately. And that's the fear to fear of loud noises and uh, the fear of falling like heights or whatever. And so those two things, everything else is learned. Anything else you're scared of, spiders, any of that shit, you learn that shit. Right. So it's it's other than that, outside of racism included, by the way. So anything like bigotry, racism, homophobia, anything like that, you learn outside of those two fears that you're originally born with. So fear, or at least the awareness that you'd rather survive, is very necessary for this experience. And so that's wrapped up into our ego, right? Yeah. And so the ego is very necessary. And all these people who are like, oh, kill your ego, kill your ego, do not do that. Do not do that. You you still need that. But what you want to do is integrate the darker, the scarier parts of yourself, right? So that's a whole shadow work thing. But when you when you really look back at it like that, you're just like, okay, well, if my perception then is really what determines how I get through this, that's when you gain a lot of confidence in trusting your intuition and going with your perception. And again, a lot of these dudes that um that did these books, like they'll never go back. You know, this was again choice yeah. points for all of us, but it's made this some of the most incredible connections, some of the most amazing people are coming out and doing things, starting their own shows, doing all sorts of cool shit. And it's, it's because of this wonderful shit show that happened about two years ago. Yeah, dude, this is, that's, man, that's, I love how, I love your perspective on this. I love where you like, I love this. This is, makes me so happy. This is why I like talking to you all the time. Cause you're Thanks. like you I'm said, the you, eternal optimist and I'm the pessimist version um i'm trying it's just I'm so trying. very necessary it's a trying, necessary part of this i get it trying to flip it it's just you know my mom bought me a t-shirt back in 1992 and it had like lightning a dude getting struck by lightning and then it had the definition of pessimism underneath it and i thought it was fucking hilarious and i mean i don't i don't really think i'm a pessimist but i mean yeah. i think i am to an extent at some sometimes um i definitely want to see the brighter side of things but uh you know that shit being said I was going to circle back to music and I forgot what I was going to say because I started talking about pessimism. So I guess it doesn't matter. 
pandemic music. Mute. That's it. Pan flutes. Got it. Oh, like oh, okay. what? Pan flute. <laughs> no, I wanted to talk about like it. It shut down <clears throat> the music industry. It shut it down. It sent yeah. people into their homes, which was cool because we got some really cool albums that came out of it. Yes. That are just now starting to come out. But the a lot of my a lot of my friends' bands and I, like from small to big, like they lost their ass because they lived off of touring. They live on they you don't make money on selling music anymore, you know, right. and you haven't for since Napster. So yeah. you know, it's I mean you can if you sell billions and billions of albums, then you get like three thousand dollars. <laughs> you, yeah. know, like, you get enough to cover your graphics for it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so <laughs> I was like the I was really concerned that whole time. I was like, this is we're never gonna go to concerts again. It's never like at this one point, me and me and Al Shire were talking like, that's it. We're never going out. We'll never be able to be in crowds again. This is gonna fundamentally shape the you know our world for the rest of our lives and it did and is but not the way that we were terrified of in the beginning now festivals are going on everyone's rocking no one's having a hard time it's getting back to normal you know finally no one's finally everyone's not like well you can't come to a show unless you've been vaccinated remember that like when the show uh, yeah, started coming machine yeah, yeah. hilarious like, yeah yeah if you're not Rage, vaccinated you can't half come... of the machine is what yeah dude and that's the shitty thing about <clears> them because I remember listening to them in like 1994. I think they're on the Crow soundtrack talking about conquistadors and all kinds of shit and just being very political and just raging against the machine. And then I'm like, they are, they got old. Oh, and you are the machine. Got they it. have yeah. become it or got, I don't know what happened to them, but like, and I'm sorry, I love those guys and met a couple of them before and they're super nice and super awesome, but like whatever it is, and I'm not against you. Don't hate me. But like, something changed where they're not they're not the same it's i'm not against them i'm extremely disappointed yeah yeah and probably am not you know it it takes like the reason you love them in the first place and just goes oh and it just like shits all over it you know they're the i'm I'm not listening to them anymore i mean i listen to the old classics because i you know yeah there's an energy still an angst yeah yeah i get it i completely get it um, and it, it does feel interesting what you said about the music industry as well, because a lot of this happened with a lot of industries, uh, namely Hollywood, which was wonderful. This is like yeah. the time when all of them shut up and then they were sitting there singing on their cameras and stuff to yep. an audience just trying to get that loose out of us. Just like, mm, please pay attention to me. I'm still valid. And you're fucking not. Yep. And, and so that's when they, they went on. What's that thing called uh, where you pay money and that they'll be like, hey, Cameo, yeah, because I had Don, I got somebody to do it for Don uh, Felicia Day. She was awesome, but yeah. yeah, but every single actor went on cameo for that year or whatever because they needed some fucking money and attention. They needed attention, yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And so they still needed to feel valuable. And if you weren't, you know, if they couldn't fake you out uh, by being an actor and say, "Oh, I'm valuable because of this," and there's great, you know, art artistic movies that are made and great, wonderful. I'm a big fan of movies, all that stuff. Big fan of music, all that. But really, then it stripped it down to the authenticity of the individual. And so this is what we really saw, I think, is that all of our the people that we thought were so fucking cool and so, oh, my God, iconic. A lot of them you just look at and you're just like, oh, and you just kind of zip by them in understanding. You're just like, oh, well, I I used to like you. It's kind of like what I remember in. um, Have you ever seen that movie? Oh, fuck. It's with Kevin Costner. He's like a mailman. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm talking it, about? It, back like, in the uh, 1893 or whatever, back in the I day. It's set in future. It's set. It's set after. It's like a post-apocalyptic movie. Anyway, okay. is it post-apocalyptic? Uh yes, it's because it's called like the Postman or something. I thought it postman. was from. So the idea is, is that they need to then go back, right, to when postmen were running mail because that was their only means of communication because of an EMP or like the world ended or something like that. Well, the reason I bring it up is because Tom Petty's in that as Tom Petty. And oh. Tom Petty is standing there and Kevin Costner walks by him and he goes, you're famous. And Tom just goes, I used to be. And then just like kept walking. So it was just like I this. I got to watch like that this. Again. You meet him and it was, but it was like this now on a global scale. It's like, shit, I used to look up to you. And now like yeah. these people that you used to really take a lot of inspiration from and look up to, you know, where society and everybody kind of put them here and you're here. Well, now it's like, not only are you looking them in the eye and saying, I used to know you, you used to be famous. Or then they say, yes, yeah. I used to be. But then you pass them because Kevin Costner is the fucking hero in that scene. Right. It's not the famous person, Tom Petty, that we all know and love. It's Kevin Costner because how he's now the one in post-apocalyptic world that's doing the real shit. This is how I kind of feel about folks like you and I, the ones out here actually doing this and really asking the right questions. We are now the new people who folks are looking up to. I'm seeing this like at a crazy rate. It's been mind-boggling. It's not, you know, and people aren't sitting there listening to Kanye West anymore. Right. And people are calling bullshit on Tom DeLonge and his whole thing with the UFOs and stuff. I think it's just a very interesting thing that that fake authenticity that that everyone valued, they're seeing it for what it is. And this is what the veil lifting is all about. This is what and you don't even have to go crazy woo woo with this. This is just more of a psychological thing. Yeah. And even when you look at things like the facts or like the let's say COVID in general, it was in my mind, and I and I completely represent myself on this. So if anybody has an issue, please just write me. I mean, it's it's no big deal. Um, but it really, in my mind, was this like placebo effect on everyone. It was just, okay, well, how can we scare the shit out of these people? I got it. We're going to say that there's this invisible boogeyman running around and anyone can get it and you won't even know you got it. But then two weeks later, your grandma will die. And it's like the perfect thing. You got to wear a mask. Yeah. Wow. And in ancient times, they made people wear masks um, for subordinates. Like that showed that you were, it, there's a whole psychological element just to wearing a mask. It takes your identity away. It makes you more subservient. It makes you more yeah, obedient. BDSM. All of these things. There you go. Thank okay. you. And so when you have everyone running around and doing this, and especially like authority figures, well, they're just going to mimic this in the herd. But then people like me and you know, well, that's, you know, or maybe even have an inkling, well, it's bullshit. Like, why are they doing this? Like, what is this for? And really, it's just like in school. If you acted up, it's not because you were stupid. Like T. Snyder said on my show, it's not because you're stupid. It's because you don't comply. Like that's the biggest yeah. thing is compliance. It it had nothing to do with anyone's safety in my mind. It was just a huge ritual. And if you want to say satanic, Masonic, whatever, then it was that. And it was it was pretty damn successful as far as you know rituals go. Well, that was a pretty good one. Well, look at yeah, look at like okay, so world the world as a whole, not just America. Well, right before this thing showed up, people were protesting everywhere yeah. for everything. And I mean, they still tried to after the after this thing came out, but then they were able to use military force to force people into their houses, policemen ripping people out of other houses because they're not allowed to hang out. Like what happened in Canada where they're like, you're not allowed to hang out with your family. Australia. Yeah. 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 And Australia and Austria and everywhere. But like the whole world was upset about things, whether it's here in America where we felt like racial stuff wasn't right or like the the BLM thing showed up, which was, I mean, we could get into the Bureau of Land Management. Stuff yeah, that's, that's a fun different. one. But we'll go to, we'll 
anyway but like that whole thing showed up and it was like someone was like we gotta fucking shut this shit down <laughs> you know <laughs> and it happened yep and, and that was our collective choice one because i know a lot of people said oh i can't wait for things to return to normal to normal and i'm like well but the normal was this like ridiculous inflation right with a bunch of pedophiles running everything that were doing really fucked up shit uh, human trafficking, children all over the place, and just destroying everyone psychologically. That's what you want to go back to? It's like, or maybe oh, is this yeah. an opportunity for us to create a new world the way that we see? And this whole like Klaus Anal Schwab and the you know World Economic Forum and shit, that's not a that's not um bond. That's not what's going to happen. I believe this is an option. It's a choice for you. Just like with all of this. I told my mom this actually when all this shit started, and I was well into the like, fuck all this. It was about a month or two into this whole narrative in 2020. And my mom was just freaking out, you know. And I was like, mom, take your mask off. I was like, this is a ritual. This is to see how far they can push this and how much they can take away from us. I said, we have an opportunity now just to say no. And your sign of compliance is wearing that goddamn mask. If you look at the six feet apart thing, it's 666. It's a good ritual. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the mask, again, back to ancient... Um, in ancient Aramaic or something where they had this whole tradition. That's why they like instituted masks to make people feel like shit and to make the powerful higher. So if you weren't wearing yeah. a mask, like it, it has a psychological effect on you. So they kind of, you know, and that's how these lizard turds work. They just pull, it's a template. So they just pull shit out of their hat and it's, it's all been done before. And so I told my mom, take off the mask because that's it. All it'll take is that's us standing up and the chessboard falling over. Take off your mask. And I said, if you if we lose the mask stronghold, they will get to mandatory or to a strong push on vaccines. And she was no, 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 that'll never happen. Never happen. And bam, here we go. And then the vaccines and stuff like that. So, again, I, I take no pleasure in saying like, oh, I was right. And you're wrong. because That's not what this is about. Sure. Again, this, I believe, is a very personal thing. And I cannot tell anyone how to live their lives, nor what I want to. That's a right. lot of responsibility. And I just don't have time. Fuck right. that. You guys make your own damn decision. But what I can say is from my perspective, and again, because we we're talking about it here, it seems like a big ritual. It, it was a huge ritual and a, a psychological operation, a PSYOP, uh, that was pretty damn successful. But what I like about it is from the other side, you know, again, because I look at this in multiple ways. And so on a deep level, like if you zoom way out, maybe this whole thing is just a theater and maybe you're the actors in all of it. And so what's interesting is like, even in Westworld, right, you get to choose if you wear a black hat or a white hat. You know, there are people who facilitate an experience. So perhaps what we're yeah. all experiencing is this grand experience that's being facilitated by a matrix or a reality or a school or however you want to put it. But if you if you look at it like this, then all of the shitty things here are absolutely awesome and necessary. Like you need them. You need right. this in a dualistic state because we've got these extremes. And so your job is discernment here, again, in my mind. And so if you're like, oh, you know, I don't want to do that. And the lizard turd option doesn't sound good. Well, there's a middle point and you have the palette in between to create that with. That's yeah, what I yeah. think we're really here to do. And so if you don't get wrapped up in all the shit going on out there, you know, I've got that saying, tend the garden that you've got, which is just what can you do? You know, can, is you worrying about what's going on in Ukraine, whether it's real or not, or feeling bad for this <laughs> or feeling great about that? Like, Man. is that helping you and your wife and your kids and your home and your animals right. Like you've still got that garage, go clean out your garage. You know, that's a way better use of time than you obsessing over anything you fucking see on the news at all. You're and the right. simple reason is, is because it affects the immediate environment around you. And that's honestly what I think that's what you have control over. That's your garden. So go tend yeah. it, right? What's the Joe Dirt thing? Lots of garden, dig it. Uh, but that's what it is. And it. so if, if they're able to- Joe Dirt too, 
it's I a did thing. not. No, I know, but the sequels have bombed like crazy. Yeah. Uh, see, and I, I've had so many people tell me that, and and every I mean, time I, I liked it, it, it was it. like it felt nostalgic, kind of like I was like, oh my god, I didn't even know they made this, and I watched yeah. it, and Br- Brandy shows up, and you know, you're like, oh my god, this is really cool, but like, I don't, I like, I don't smoke weed anymore. Maybe if I smoked a joint, this would be funny. Like, you know, like it's one of those. Even a lot of the stoner movies are lost on me. Like, I don't, I don't stoner are funny, even though I smoke. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, well, I haven't found just it funny since I was in my early 20s. Maybe that's just because of the age. Maybe we've just it's reached. It's just not for me. Yeah, we're yeah. just not into it anymore. Like, Clerks 3, I think, is about to come out. Uh, and I'm hopeful. Uh, I love Kevin Smith, so hopefully it's amazing. Like, I love the Jay and Simon I used Bob to. Kevin Smith, Smith fell off the goddamn thing with his whole preaching about uh the narrative yeah. and all of that stuff it's just like I, yeah and i literally crazy. literally started choosing to ignore it from a lot of my like depending depending on how much i love or appreciated the person uh, or actor actress whatever famous person i would started choosing to ignore it i just skip through their shit like all right let's get on to your, yeah your what are you making you find that this like this could have been something really traumatic for any one of us, right? It could have been like, shit, well, I had all these people that I really put a lot of faith and high hope in that they would do the right thing, whatever that is, because I've proven to me in the past that they've done that by my standards at the time, right? And so if if you look at it that way, now you're like, there's this concept called open tabs, and I love this. I talked to uh, Dewey Taylor taught me this, and it's about that go on here. And you know, like an open tab, number one, like on your computer, right? It's a wonderful metaphor because it we can all relate to this in technology. You sit there, and if you've got a bunch of open tabs, your computer runs like shit. Like your bandwidth right. is just lower, right? Yeah. So what you want to do, or a beneficial exercise that I found that Dewey uh, enlightened me to, was this going going through and closing your open tabs. Now, what he meant by this is just like these mental things that you go in. Now, relating it to what we're talking about. Uh-oh. Hang on a second. Uh, I don't know if it's my internet or your internet, but it went to shit. Like, you're frozen. Totally froze. I don't even know if you can hear me or see me. It might be me. It says I've got great internet. That doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Connection secured. And you're frozen. I'm going to send you a picture of this because you're actually frozen in a really funny position. Uh, Let's see. Camera. (laughs) I just got it real quick. There it is. Oh, no. You left before I could even take the photo. Damn it. That was so funny. What happened? Uh, okay. So like you froze. I don't know why. And I was just kept talking. So I don't know how much you heard of it, but I was like, he fucking froze. I don't know what happened. And then, but you froze like this. <laughs> and I, I was like, I was just about Zoom to take freezing. the photo. I was just about to take a photo of it. And you like came back and I was like, ah, fuck. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was perfect. Anyway, <laughs> So okay, so we'll 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 get rid of. I don't know where I lost you, but yeah, I didn't keep. But please, uh, repeat what you were saying. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Okay, like because I was having such a good time laughing about how we were frozen.
uh, you were saying something. Open tabs. So just that's open it, tabs. That's it. So you okay. get to go through and you get to close shit mentally. And that's all I was saying with this. And especially when you relate it back to people that we used to like love and adore and look up to, like that was an open tab for you. You're like, yes, I respect this person. I need to know what they're saying. Or it's important to me what they're saying because they're important to me. Well, now yeah. it's like, okay, well, I'm not even looking forward to the new Rage Against the Machine album. I'll just close that tab. Got it. Rage Against the Machine is over here in my mind now. Yeah. And what it really did is it's allowed you to sift through the things that you found important and really you find that there's there's a handful of things and they're much more meaningful to you though they're like the sweet spots on everything and so it's just this been this really interesting exercise and just one more thing i want to say about the um pandemic whatever the placebo effect has been on my mind quite a bit and why i've come to the conclusion so confidently that this is probably just a narrative and that it's probably just a virus of the mind and all of that just to see if it can scare you because everything that they said would happen is what people experienced okay and i know that sounds silly but there's this concept called predictive programming and predictive programming basically just entails that if this is a school and if we are the real creators here, then the people running the show or the game or the exercise or whatever you want to call it, they have no true power here. We are the powerful ones. Okay. We're the ones that whisper in your ear and they want you to think or believe or bring it in reality is what is manifested, but not before they whisper it in your ear. So what you do is you, you just whisper. They stop whispering in your ear. You stop creating the reality that they enjoy, right? And this is where you tend your garden, okay? Yeah. It's very hard to tend your garden, to make love to your beautiful wife when you got Klaus Schwab ringing in your head, right? So like the two just don't kind of go together. And right. so if, if you look at it this way, there's a wonderful example of uh, the placebo effect. I mean, there's a ton, but one of the best ones that I heard, and this is why I'll relate it to this, all of these people were told, oh, you can kill your grandma. Oh, if you get a mild fever, whatever. Oh, if you can, even though flu numbers were non-existent, flu just stopped. I don't, nobody, yeah. you know, got a Nobel doctor, Peace Prize for eliminating the The doctor the flu. in the hospital, uh, what my grandma was in, said said to my dad or my mom, yeah, we haven't seen a single case of the flu this year and started laughing yeah, about it's it. Wild. It's pretty interesting. And no no bells went off. None. Yeah. This, this is what's so fascinating to me. It's just like the nobody really you're just looking around and it's fucking crickets you're like okay well yeah. i guess i'm just gonna be by myself on this and i'm totally fine people i'll be here whenever you're ready to talk about it right so there's this wonderful case of where uh, i want to say it was russia or something i'm gonna forget the details but the case is is interesting enough to continue so there was this gentleman that was called out to a train car uh that was apparently the thermostat was broken on it and they couldn't determine if it was freezing up or not and okay. so he shows up in, in the middle of like a spring over there or something like this. It's like 52 degrees. He shows up to fix this thing. He gets all of his tools out and everything. And then the door locks behind him. Now, the guy freaks out because he's in a refrigerated car that, number one, he's there to fix. So it's right. not working. OK, he yeah. got so freaked out that he was locked into this thing that the, they actually found him the next day dead of hypothermia, even though it was 52 degrees outside. Whoa. You can convince yourself of anything. You can die of hypothermia in 52 degree weather. So again, yeah, sure. whenever or people were like, oh, you can give this to whatever. And the guys in the truck that you're talking about that were vaccinated and all that stuff, of course they got the coronavirus because they subscribed to the idea. I do not subscribe to the idea. Therefore, I was never negatively affected by it health-wise at all. Actually, I'm healthier than I've ever been. Nice. feel phenomenal. Yeah, Quit yeah, drinking yeah. in the middle of the motherfucker. Haven't eaten at fast food and I couldn't tell you how long. These are just personal choices, though. This isn't something where I'm just like, oh, everybody got to be, you know, and you're a shithead if you're not a vegan. I'm not a vegan. Nothing like that. It's just about making personal choices for you. And so this idea that somebody else can tell you something, you believe it so much that it will affect your health 
is woo-woo to the narrative, but actually yeah. the narrative gaslights you all the time. They're using dark arts. They're using astrology. They're doing all of this shit. And then they tell you that it's not real so that you can't back engineer yeah. it from the source, which is them to begin with. So they know us a lot better than we know ourselves. And they do this via our news, our media, our movies, everything. The food that we eat, the water, everything is poison to us. And so whenever they can keep you in that state, you can be convinced of anything, right? Absolutely. hundred percent. I've been convinced. I've been convinced of a lot of crap by it for sure. A hundred percent. Like scary. Like the, like I said, the freaking pandemic in the beginning was, I, I, dude, I mean, walking circles, circles around the house, pacing back and forth. Then I became an essential worker myself. I don't know how that worked, but like, so then we had to be at work. I'm like, stay away from me. You know, like it worked, whatever. I mean, it clearly worked and it worked on everybody except for like, you know, like you said, there's a couple of people like my mom, you like after a couple of days, you're like, yeah, this is bullshit. You know, like uh, that did, Got but it, it worked, it worked Got on it. me. It took, I think it took me like eight months or something when I, when family members started dying from it, friends started dying from it. And it's like, hold right. on a second. And you like, can catch that. It's just like the dude that thought that he froze to death. If people think that they have a coronavirus, that the news scared the shit into them and convincing them that they have, then you can die from those symptoms. Just like yeah. the dude in the train car. He died from hypothermia, even though it wasn't even near below freezing. And he yeah, froze and, to death. And you and me talked about, he would. You and me talk about something like this. I don't know if it was just over the phone or what, but this has maybe been some months back. But it was like, yeah, can you start having these these thoughts these negative thoughts that or this whatever and then all of a sudden you have this you know like now within a month of figuring this out now you have cancer or now you have this well, think about course correction on a boat like if you if you course correct one degree on a boat over time that boat is off by thousands and thousands of miles yeah, think of this in every decision you make because a lot of people in our our society's conditioned us to this live now like you only have and yes there is a zen moment of now Yes. And being present and all of that, I, I completely get that. But there's kind of like this thing to where like they don't think that they are as powerful as they are. And if someone were to tell you that your thoughts create your reality, how mindful of your thoughts would you be? You'd be pretty damn mindful of it. But if there's right. you know government out here that distracts you from everything and says, no, 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 you're not this powerful. Like, it's all bullshit. It's all right. I mean, these silly woo, these freaky hippies. But uh, if you if you were to really, really adopt the concept, then in about a month, you're going to find that you hate your life. And the reason is, is because you are currently living, every single one of us is living a current manifestation. This is what you wanted. Every single thing around you right now is a choice that you made to be there. Every object in the back room there is something you placed there because you want it to be in your reality. Same with your thoughts, same with your beliefs. Not a lot of people will even take a magnifying to their beliefs because they're like, oh yeah, I just believe that. Oh yeah, the earth is a ball hurling through space. Yeah, the government is awesome and they everything is correct that they say. Yeah, there's this horrible war going on in Ukraine. And there's all of these things where it's just a non sequitur. They don't question. All you've got to do is question your reality. That's it. You start with a question and really good within questioning beliefs you even held is a great way to start that. One of the great examples of this is I went around telling people for fucking years that daddy long legs were the most venomous spider on the world, but they couldn't puncture your skin. I remember, and fangs I remember people saying that. Yeah. 
we got it from the movie Arachnophobia. As as you know, as wonderful and reliable as a source as that should have been with the great Jeff Daniels, then it just turned out to not be. Uh, and so candy. then, it, but even that, yeah, candy. Even that, you you go back and you evaluate even little things that you just parrot off from people, and you do a little bit of research, and you're just like, holy shit, that's not true. Then the best question to ask yourself is, what else do I believe that's right. not true? And the, man, that's the catalyst. The arachnophobia, my father took me to see that in 1992 at the movie theater. It was on Mason Road in Katy, Texas, uh, Cinema 8, nice. it was called. And I became arachnophobic because I was in second grade. And the fucking <laughs> spider underneath the toilet, I still, at nighttime, turn the light on, look underneath that motherfucker for a fucking venomous tarantula that's it's going to kill me. <laughs> And like or like the cereal boxes, it's in there. the cereal boxes. Yeah, remember he reaches oh, his hand yeah. in the cereal and it's That's in there. One. Yeah, so no more cereal. If the cereal ain't in a locked plastic no. container, <laughs> I mean, dude, it really fucked me. It's good for freshness. So actually, sure. they've just allowed you to keep your cinnamon toast crunch, you know, crunchier longer. That's great. Right. I mean, if yes. if that came out of it, then again, there's there's a benefit to all of this stuff. I love, but it's so I love it. Like. We're out here in the country. We step on our on the toes of our shoes on the outside of them, right before we put our feet actually. In. But that's for a different yeah. reason altogether. We actually do have fucking black widows that will hop in our shoes. I've yeah. I've well, shaken out too. a couple of scorpions from my shoe. Yeah. And so there's you know there are real things like that, but Arachnid to to the point issues. of attachment or yeah yeah and to the point of attachment or or something like duress where like you allow it to infiltrate your psyche in such a way to where it really takes a bit of joy away from your life like that's the shit i'm done with anything anything yeah. like that anything that robs me of my confidence or steals my joy i'm fucking hurt. that's it and it's i couldn't tell you how much more confident and happy i am like go figure if you eliminate things that make you feel like shit about yourself and that you hate you actually live a really joyous confident life like who knew yeah dude I love I love this and we're going to do it again and I'm going to be on your show soon and yeah we'll do another expansive we got an expansive that. insider you guys got to come over to expand uh, expandingreality.com and check it out join the expansive insider is that that's the correct way to say it right and yeah some extra ex, some extra badass content and all that good stuff and I'm promoting him when he's on the show with me so that means it's fucking good get over there um thank the... you i'm truly grateful for all the support dude you am incredible thank you dude i dude you're incredible thank you for having me do this without this without this i'd be in a really weird space like i got a little bit of music in me but it's not like it used to be but the creative bug is still in there and this along with the youtube channel and some other things i'm doing um, yet to be revealed are, are are just like helping me facilitate this and getting that that thing that I've needed to get out out whether anyone's watching or not like I yeah. just have to fucking do something and this is it and this is like I've been paying more attention to this than the YouTube channel so much so that yesterday I released a I some hot sauce video with with this phone, which I'll never ever that. doing again. I'm never doing it again. You see how grainy that thing was? I was, was like, how great. why is this so grainy? It's like, raw. Okay. Yeah. I was like, ooh, he's got the Blair Witch project going. Yeah. Yeah. And so the like found footage shit. Oh yeah, yeah. So I was like trying to anyway, point is point of the matter is I've been enjoying the podcast so much that I've neglected the thing I started doing from the beginning. And you had said something 
awesome to me that was like, if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. Do it when you're inspired. Do it yeah. when you have passion. And yesterday I was like, I right, want right. to do this. Right. You know, and I and I wanted to. So I did one. And whatever. It's out there and that's cool. And there's a cook's corner coming out pretty soon and all this other stuff. Like, I don't know, man. I just really appreciate everything, everything. Your friendship, your guidance, your help, your love, your understanding. You're a fantastic human. Thanks for coming on the show. Dude, back at you, brother. And, and, you know, it's like I always say, we're all just walking each other home here. So yeah. if I can be of service, I'm extremely grateful for that, man. You know, so thank you. And keep moving forward. You're doing wonderful. You're built for this, dude. So you're doing uh, great. And we're all very proud of you. And we are definitely watching. So keep doing it. Badass, man. Thanks. All right, everyone. This has been The 13 with your host, Ryan 13, and Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality. All of his links and everything will be down in the description. Please go check him out. It's fucking fantastic over there. And there's a lot to get into. See y'all on the next one.